Na 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 Jerud Jerud Welcome to Did Someone Say Soccer? I'm your host Nate and I'm with the ladies man Derek, the homie Angelito, and my brother Jordan. Say what's up boys. What's up, What's up? Before we get into tonight's episode, I want to give a shout out to MLS Now Podcast. If you're an MLS fan and you're not listening to them, you're missing out. They bring the latest news from around the league every week. So give them a listen. Yo supporter groups in the MLS, USL, and NWSL. We have a chance for you to start the season off with some bragging rights. We are having the first annual Supporter Scarf Cup. It's super easy to enter. DM me at DSSS Podcast a picture of your 2021 scarf, and it starts March 5th and ends March 26th. There are some badass scarves out there, and this is a chance to give recognition to the people who put the hard work and creativity in making these scarves, and a chance to add some silverware to your supporter group's name. We already have supporter groups out of Philly, El Paso, LA, and CBUS. Each team can have more than one group enter. So if you're a member or you know someone who's, in a, who's a member of a supporter group, Tell them and have them enter. All voting will be public on Instagram. So we're going to start this podcast off a little differently. There's going to be some rules to this podcast because I've been staying up late editing. Derek, every time you refer back to Manchester United, you have to take a drink. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Angel, every time you say... So you know, you have to take a drink. So, so listeners, before the podcast started, I made Derek and Angel go get a beer. They have a beer to drink every time they refer back to Manchester United or they say, so you know. All right, so let's get into the Serie A. AC Milan versus Inter Milan. Enter go four points on top of the table in a 3-0 win. Two goals from Martinez in the 5th and 57th minute. A goal from Big Rom that even had Ibra applauding him. This game was very, very good. I specifically like that when Inter Milan took the lead, they were dominating... And, you know, halftime happens. Then out of nowhere, AC Milan comes out and starts bombarding the goalie for Inter Milan. And he made three crucial saves, which kept which kept them in the lead. And there was three in the very first three minutes right after halftime. I think that's what changed the whole game. After that, you know, Lukaku and um, he had that goal where... He just placed the ball perfectly right next to the post. And, you know, there was nothing that could be done. All right. So, Romelu Lukaku, 
just looks like a linebacker out there playing in with a bunch of bullshit. These guys can't even stand up to this dude's chest. And the only one that can, Ibra, is already missing the days of the LA Galaxy. Dude, I'll tell you what. Big Rom right now is probably one of the best strikers. And you know he got all that because of the last match they had. He had all that fire and intensity. Let's go ahead and start off with that cross that set up uh, Martinez. That was a good cross. But did you guys notice when he went to cross it, he hunched over just like he was a predator about to attack somebody? <laughs> he didn't even shoot it. He crossed it. I don't know why he hunched over, but he did it. Maybe to get laser beam focused, but whatever. It went in the back of the net with that cross. And then when he scored his goal, he got the ball at the center of the half. And then he just ran away from everybody. And he just looks like a beast out there. It would be very interesting to see who is the better striker right now between him and Early Holland. Obviously, you know, they're both pretty scared to come over to the MLS, but that's a different conversation for a different day. But Inter definitely, they were dominant this whole game. The saves that the Inter keeper made at, uh, in the second half, like the two chances within a minute was crazy. Um, he looked like the hay out there uh, for Manchester United. Drink. That is fair enough. No, no, 50 West. But Lukaku, he, he's, he's definitely one of the best strikers in the world right now. It is weird, though, how he crossed the ball to Martinez. Like, literally him leaning over. Like, I thought he was going to fall over for a second for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, what'd you think of the game? Every time I watch Inter Milan play, I am so impressed with the way Martinez plays. I feel like he's such a good player playing on a team that he shouldn't be on. I feel like I could see this guy playing at Real Madrid or even Barcelona. Like, this guy is a stud. And Conte needs to keep a hold of this guy as long as he can. Big Rom's just on another world right now. Imagine if he keeps this up, this form going into the World Cup. I know the World Cup rankings just came out, and Belgium are number one right now. Number one with one of the best strikers in the world right now. Let that sink in a little bit. All right, so let's go into this Atalanta-Napoli game. Uh, Atalanta won 4-2 to against a Napoli squad that, in the second half, had a combined total of six goals. Yeah, the, the six goals came in in a matter of 27 minutes. And uh, the first half was kind of boring. I don't know where, like, I don't know. They just stopped playing defense both sides. And uh, that's pretty amazing to have that many goals in that short span. My thing is, uh, Atalanta looks good. They're scoring goals. I'm just wondering if they can do that, you know, tomorrow against Real Madrid. All right. So here's the thing that you guys got to remember, all right? Or no. Maybe you guys got to know this. I don't know. Let's go through this together. At fifth place, Atalanta's at 43. They're one point away from entering Champions League at this particular moment. At seventh place, Napoli's at 40 points, four points back from fourth place entering Champions League for next year. So you got two teams knocking at the door. Somebody's going to let them in. This game had so much scoring for Atalanta that at one point, Robin Jostend decided, I'm going to score on ourselves. So this game doesn't look too ridiculous. One thing I have a question about is the red card. You know, what did the coach say, right? Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. Does anybody know? 
like I know he was going off, obviously, because of the, the slide in the box. Um, uh, second half, full with a bunch of goals. That the volley was great. The the rocket shot for the third goal was beautiful. Defense was poor from Napoli. It was an interesting second half, boring first half, kind of like most Chelsea games that we watch. <laughs> Did you guys see Gattuso after Napoli's first goal? He took his hand and palmed the face of the guy that scored and like pushed him back. His whole hand covered the whole face of this guy and he just like pushed him back as a celebration. That was I did see that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. This Atlanta team is very interesting because you do not know what you're going to get when they show up. Is it going to be the team that loses to Juventus or is it going to be the team that just demolished Napoli right now? So, they have a they have a good game coming up tomorrow like uh, Angel said. So hopefully they show up to play. Uh, let's take it to the EPL. We are not going to talk about Arsenal. And we are not going to talk about United. Because if we're going to talk about them, then you guys can just go back the past three podcasts. And it's basically we're going to be repeating everything that we said in those podcasts. Let's take it to the West Ham versus Tottenham match. Derek, I know you were blowing pretty bubbles this weekend. When that West Ham took care of business in a two to one victory, definitely was. And uh, my boy Jesse Lingard scoring again when I was three goals in four games. The, the guy they said he couldn't start for our team, but I mean he's scoring goals again. Um, Tottenham, what's their what's their issue? I know I know Mourinho. He's he's a coach and he kind of has. Uh, waves and when he's good and when he's bad and he'll probably be the coach of Chelsea soon um, <laughs> it's, it's just, how, just how it works out right we're going to give him another chance if he gets fired from Tottenham um, but yeah Tottenham are in trouble where's Bale? Is he playing? I know he's out there on the field but he's not scoring goals so yeah Tottenham um, they got scored on really early that play it starts off and they're calling for a foul because there's, you know, two players collide. And instead of playing the ball, they're they're complaining to the ref. They turn to, to the other side. And then the center goes through. You know, West Ham scored in fourth minute. Lingard scored right after. And uh, they had to check the VAR to make sure he was onside. It, it stands. They're up 2-0, like at 47th minute. Towards the end, Tyneham got a goal barely in because they hit the post and then they managed to stay inside and towards the end like well Derek was talking about Bale he he hasn't shown up but in this game he did hit the crossbar towards the end which would have gave them the tie who's this Jesse Lingard where did he come from <laughs> Derek uh, I think he came from Manchester United alright go ahead <laughs> take that drink alright so here's the thing Boise, I've been telling you guys since the beginning of the season, wouldn't it be great if a smaller team made it into the Champions League? Now, West Ham and Ashton Villa were the two that I thought had the most realistic shot. You know, I was hoping Leeds might make it up there. But it seems that West Ham has, you know, stepped up to the challenge. I'm going to need West Ham to chill out a little bit for Chelsea's sake. But before we get to that route, man, 
that's insane. You know, who would have thought last year that West Ham would be sitting at 45 points on 25 games? That's pretty good. Also, Jose Mourinho, man. I told you guys. Dude's a bum. You know what? <laughs> Big old bum. He's over here blaming his players. Like, oh, I can't get the best out of my players. Blah, blah, blah. But then... You know, he's over here like, Delielli, you're not good enough. Go make me a cold meat sandwich. And Gareth Bale, go sit on the bench while I pay you ridiculous amounts of money. And after I shit talk you guys, I'm going to ask you guys to come bail me out. It's not a good look. I'll tell you one thing. That Jesse Lingard goal was pretty nasty. He took it with his left foot across to the side netting, and it was gorgeous. Tell you what, Manchester United probably wish they had that right now. <laughs> so, when is Tottenham going to start Bale? He came on, and basically when he came on, he was the key factor of them getting back into the game. He did what Kane and Song didn't do. I mean, Kane and Song were basically taken out the whole game. They didn't do much. Uh, Kane had a couple shots there and was just completely off. His form went from scoring every game to looking like, like Jordan said, a bum. Just like his coach, a bum. When Jose Mourinho has his hair combed and looks nice on the side, looks nice out there. But Jose looked like he had his Albert Einstein going, like his hair all messed up and had sweatpants on and like he didn't give a fuck. And that's why Moyes finally got a win over him. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just want to say it's two former Manchester United coaches going at it, and the one with least is the one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what you get when you get two bums on the field, right? A bummer yang. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Ha ha ha. Let's go into this. Uh, Merseyside Derby. So Everton finally win at Anfield since 1999. God damn. The Evertonians thrash Liverpool 2-0. Everton strike first and early and did not look back. This game should have been won by Liverpool. If you look at all the stats... Liverpool dominated, you know, the shots, possession. They, I mean, they they can't finish. None of that matters. But they they were they've been awful for quite some time now, or at least not as good as they used to be. This game right here, like, I don't know about that PK, the second PK. Well, I mean, the second goal, the first PK. But I think that it was well deserved by Everton because they never gave up and. They defended the score well. You know, this kid, Richarlison, you know, he's uh, on pace to become the greatest uh, player in all of the world. You know, every game it seems like he's scoring. Uh, scored in the third minute. Liverpool had 71 possession to Everton's 28%. But Angel, you know the only stat that matters? The W. Two to nothing. <laughs> Liverpool goes down. You know what's happening right now? They're all walking alone. Nobody wants to be associated with them. <laughs> Definitely walking alone. Uh, 71% possessions. Uh, two big chances created and missed. 
this team is not the same team we saw before the pandemic hit. They haven't been the same since then. It's sad. Kind of. You know, it's kind of sad. Because uh, Menamino scores, you know, uh, over the weekend, and Clubs probably just watching like, man, I need that guy on my team. Why don't I let him go? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, this Liverpool team, they probably won't be the same ever again. I think you see them splitting up soon. Um their defense is a shambles. Their offense can't score to save their lives. Salah, you know, froze them in front of goal several times. Sad. When I saw this lineup, it had me interested. I didn't know whether Ancelotti was trying to defend the entire time or if he was actually trying to go after it because he had Kyle Lowen on the bench and he had Richarlston starting as the only forward up top and he had like four or five in the middle and had like three in the back it, it was quite interesting and they got that goal right off the bat and they were just hungry they wanted it more my question to you guys is where does Liverpool go from here that's four losses in a row at home do they start panicking do they start breaking it down this summer and rebuilding or do they try to do they try to fix the spots that they need to uh i think honestly they shouldn't panic at all like as long as they make it into europe they should be fine defensively is their issue they have a lot of people hurt um henderson's playing center back for them so like that's obviously not going to be a consistent thing you know once they get their defense back i think they they shouldn't panic right now if this persists until the next season, then yeah, they should panic. But right now, they should just, you know, just just ride the just ride it, and uh, they'll be fine next season. Yep, they're gonna ride it right outside Europa. You realize that Arsenal <laughs> is six points back from them. That's two wins. They could very easily, in a matter of a month, be sitting outside the top ten. Panic, because if they don't get into Champions League. One, you're already going to have issues there. But if you don't even make it into Europa... They should start panicking because it, it doesn't... The way they're playing, it doesn't look like they're going to make the Champions League. And that just not being in the Champions League, it's not up to expectations for them. I tell you what, every Premier team is watching this Liverpool team lose and it's like blood in the water. Everybody wants some of this right now. And it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. So let's go to this Southampton versus Chelsea match. Southampton finally end their run of six Premier League defeats by grinding out a draw against Chelsea. Liverpool's Melamino scores first, and then Mason Mount converts a PK to tie the match. Chelsea follow up this match and play against Atleti, away in the Champions League and came away with a 1-0 win by Olivier Giroud bicycle. Yeah, Minamino made a, you know, he's made an impact since he's came to Southampton. And uh, it was a good pickup because he wasn't even being used at Liverpool, even though they were struggling and they were just leaving him in the bench. Good for Southampton getting this, you know, this tie. Hopefully it gets them out of their rut because like you've mentioned, they haven't been winning, and, you know, maybe this is going to be their wake-up call to start scoring and, you know, building chemistry around 
Minamino. You know, nothing says good job by getting one point in seven matches and that one point being against your team. All right, so I got a couple things here. Why in the hell is ESPN just now saying that Olivia Giroud's the most underrated striker? It's like they don't even listen to me when I talk. You know, I've been saying this for a while now. Completely underrated. He should be starting. Uh, instead, they want to make a big deal about Colin Hudson-Odoi being subbed out when he got subbed in. The bigger deal should be Tammy Abram has been subbed out of two games, meaning he can't finish games. If we're going to start subbing people out, let's just stick with Giroud. You know, let's let's sub him out and then bring on Tammy. Uh, I, I agree with Tommy T over here subbing out Hudson-Odoi. You know, he said, I don't think... I don't think Colin Hudson-Odoi was in the game. I'm not going to stand for it. That's a ballsy move. That sends a message that Frank Lampard hasn't sent ever. So I can get behind that. What I don't like is the fact that since Timo scored the last game, he should have been the one to take a penalty to continue his confidence. I know it's a weak move to have your, your player try and find confidence. I wish he would have had Timo take it, but I'm not mad because Mason Mount, future captain of Chelsea, deserved it. You know, he's clinical and he's our best player through and through. Now, us going in against Atletico, we started Giroud. Giroud came through. And we win. Nobody thought we could win, and we win. You know what happened last time nobody thought we could win in Champions League? We won the whole damn thing. Uh, Chelsea again, like Giroud's been good for the the moment you guys sign up, he's been your best striker. I, I don't know who else you guys have had that's been better than Drew on a consistent level. But that said, you know Southampton, another team that I think is really good. Um, they just are not consistent enough. They could be in the top four as well. Um, I've actually would rather have Southampton over Chelsea, but just, that's just my opinion. Chelsea had a lot of chances in that Southampton game to go forward. Um, that they they spoiled, um, but Giroud's bicycle bicycle kick was ridiculous. So I was very surprised to see Chelsea draw against Southampton, especially in the form that Southampton has been. Would I say in Pablo's easy money that Southampton has let in seventeen goals in the past three games? That's quite a bit, and. What also I found interesting about that game is that Zayic and Pulisic had to be subbed on, and and they barely got time. I think Pulisic got what like four minutes of of time or something like that in that game, and uh, Zayic came on towards the what 80th minute. So these guys these guys are hungry too, and I just think that if Hudson Odoi isn't going to be out there performing. Give it to somebody who wants it. Uh, this Champions League match against Atletico could have easily gone either way. I was very surprised that Chelsea came away with the point. It was a great win for them. Great, great way to boost up their confidence. And it's making Tommy T look like he's a magician out there um, with the Chelsea team. When really, uh, Chelsea just needed structure. And I don't think that Frank was ready to give that structure yet. I still think that they're going to be have their hands full against Atletico in the next match. But who knows? Chelsea may grind out another win. 
they they have the players to do it. So, Hopefully, this first game was kind of slow for Atletico. They had zero shots on target and only 36% possession. Let's go into this Bayern Munich match. First, leading up into their Champions League uh, thrashing, they played Frankfurt, and Frankfurt held on with their lives and somehow beat Bayern Munich 2-1. to one. Then Bayern Munich followed up their defeat with a 4-1 to one ass banking on Lazio. Bayern are now unbeaten in the Champions League in 18 matches. That's pretty, pretty intense to hear it out loud, but I think that Bayern Munich, even though they, they lack the defense, they, you can't stop them from scoring. And the only way you can beat them is by, you know, stopping them from scoring because they're going to get scored on regardless. Um, they have a lot of, you know, players out because of COVID or, you know, they're out of form. They're not in sync at all, and they're very slow, especially Nicolas Sule, who I think shouldn't be starting, but, you know, he's there. He's the weakest link, and it seems that almost every goal they get scored on, it's always through him. This game was, like how we mentioned, I think in our predictions, we I predicted that Bayern Munich would win 5-0 to zero or 5-1, to one, so it was still pretty close to my prediction, and... It was pretty good to see, you know, the young star Musiala scoring the second goal. He's only 17 years old, and um, I think that he should be getting some minutes, especially when they're ahead like this. As in terms for the game over the weekend in the Bundesliga, I mean, I feel like they're not trying as hard, and maybe they were saving their players for this match because they only had five subs on the bench due to so many players being out. So Nate texted me and he was like, hey, did you see uh, Bayern Munich won? And I was like, yeah, nobody cares. So that's pretty much how I feel about Bayern Munich and Champions League. Here's the more important part. Uh, Robert Lewandowski moved to third in UEFA Champions League all-time scoring. That's a magnificent feat. He is behind Lionel Messi's 119 and Cristiano Ronaldo's 134. So congratulations for staying at third for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> this this Bayern Munich team reminds me a lot of Liverpool, right? They they can score all types of goals, but they can't play defense, and they have a lot of players out. There's a lot of similarities there. Um, but Bayern Munich, uh, at any time, they can be the best team in Champions League, right? I mean, 18 games in a row, but like, can they play defense? Can PSG, can they stop PSG from scoring four goals? And can they, you know, equate to that? The more and more I watch Bayern Munich, the more I'm seeing that teams cannot score from the outside on Bayern Munich. But if they take the ball through the middle and go through the center backs, they score about every shot that they take. And defeat to Frankfurt, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. They, I don't know if they were just not, they just didn't care or if they just had their number. Frankfurt just had their number that day. But they turned it up. They said, let's go 18 unbeaten. Let's smack that ass. And 
this Lazio team just looked like a high school team playing against a superior professional team. They, I want to say half the goals, they just let Bayern Munich basically walk in. It it was like just handing candy to a baby. Yeah, so adding to that, I they had they did make uh, Lazio made like three mistakes, which all were goals. They had an own goal. The first goal was a bad, you know, the bad clearance by the goalkeeper, and the third goal, I believe, uh, you know, they gave it away, and Coman just sprinted by everyone, which I think made the difference in this game was just the speed of Sané and Coman just passing by them. It was just. They would run and there was they couldn't be caught, which made the the difference here. Maybe they should uh, try something similar for the Bundesliga. All right, I want to switch it up real fast. I want to go to Juve. So Juve won three uh, three nil. That's great. Ronaldo had two goals. Should have had eighteen goals. Whatever. <laughs> Weston McKinney inside the seven yard box will destroy anybody. And when he scores, he's going to hit you with that little hocus-pocus wizard spell. So that's awesome. But the real story is, if you're Juve, do you fire Andreas Pirlo for not winning the league after you've won the league X amount of years in a row? Or are you safe? You're out. You're out. There is... That... The standard is up... Is too high to not reach and you have to reach it every single time if you don't reach it your ass needs to go it's just like the Bayern Munich level or you're gonna if you don't reach that you're gonna be looking like Barcelona right now so does Champions League or bust at this point because he's not catching Big Rom weren't they still in the Copa Italia yeah but at that point We've already decided that that doesn't matter. <laughs> so Champions League trophy or you're out is what you're saying? So it's just the way it's looking. I mean, they lost to Porto, so they might not even get that for the next round. Come on, you're you're really gonna can't you're really gonna cancel out uh, Ronaldo when the moment's too big? You're gonna cancel Ronaldo out? Come on, never. You gotta wait and see. He's going to throw it. Manchester United? <laughs> I, drink. I do want to say one thing. Angel said last night to me, he goes, he asked me if we were talking about uh, Juventus, and I said, no, we're not going to be talking about Juventus. He goes, it doesn't matter. Jordan's somehow going to talk about Winston McKinney. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Always repping the U.S., baby. So I heard a rumor that Bayern Munich is monitoring Christian Pulisic's status right now on the Chelsea team and that they are very interested and keen on bringing him to the German Giants. How would you both feel about that? I mean, I feel like Bayern Munich's offensive power is good regardless. I mean, they have Chupa Motin in there and I don't think he deserves to be there. So if they were to sign Pulisic, it would be an upgrade. Personally, Christian, with everything in my heart, go, run as fast as you can. Because I don't want to be angry at you for not performing the way I know you can. 
So go to Byron, and then I can make fun of you if you don't perform well. All right, so let's go into final thoughts. I just want to know how you guys feel about all this, all these penalties. Some of them look pretty weak. And if you guys want to comment to us, you already know Instagram. Hit us up because there's been two or three penalties this, this week that I feel weren't penalties, and they barely get touched. And, you know, the exaggeration, and then it's a PK, and they go to the bar. I know I've said this the last couple times I'm closing, but it's like, why use the bar if you're still going to give such a bad call? All right, I got two final thoughts. First one's real fast. If any Dissel out there wants to show us their PK, you know, how you shoot it and score hell even if you dive, and how you would get a PK, ladies' man Derek will personally DM you a picture of him Wearing nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing. He's going to wear nothing. He's going to send you a nude for free. All you got to do is dive in the box. You get a free nudie from Derek. You might need a magnifying glass. You might need a telescope. Whatever. That's beside the point. Uh, second point. Charlotte FC, you played yourself. They are victim again to their own stupidity. PSL, personal seat licensure, is becoming a thing. And they decided they want to be the first ones to implement it. They said, no, um, St. Louis of America, you cannot do it. We're going to do it first. So here's their midfield row one seat price range. For the season ticket cost, they need you to pay $1,980, which is stupid. On top of that, you have to pay $900 plus for your seat. So that's almost three grand that you have to pay for season tickets. Charlotte FC, there's a pandemic going on. I was gonna pay to see your shitty team lose. You're gonna be like the the Cincinnati of Charlotte. So congratulations. <laughs> you and Cincinnati can go fight each other in a closet. VAR, uh, man, I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Like sometimes it, it makes the right call. Most of the time it doesn't. Sometimes they don't even, even bring it up when they need to. Like, I don't understand the rules of VAR. It, it pisses me off. Like, it, it doesn't help you out in the times you need it. And then they'll make some bullshit call. And you go, what the hell? Doesn't it help you out in every game? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not every game. <laughs> So for final thoughts, I just want to say, if you're a supporter group out there, join this contest, this Supporter Scarf Cup. It's literally, you're going to be recognized for your hard work and your creativity, and you get a trophy to brag about. Say there's five supporter groups out there in your in your your for your team, and you get a trophy before they do, you can brag about it you can show it off and then if we plan on doing this multiple years have this thing keep running so the more people that we get is awesome uh we haven't got nwsl team yet i would love a ladies team supporter group to come aboard i would love more usl teams to come aboard and i know i've gone out there and i've uh uh, tagged people in comments and hashtagged on some comments and stuff. 
And I may even go on there and properly invite everybody if that's what it takes to get you guys on there. But like we said, here at uh, Did Someone Say Soccer, we want to recognize the hard work that some of you guys um, put into these scarves because if you know anything about me, I am an avid scarf collector. And if you look around my man cave, I have probably over 40 scarves just hanging up. And some of those scarves for this 2021 season are bad ass. And you guys have put some hard work into that. And you guys deserve to be uh, recognized. So make sure you guys send us a picture on Instagram. DM me a picture and we will get you guys in that contest. And like I said, this is open to public so anybody can vote. The group with the most votes will advance to the next round. So thank you guys for listening and hopefully we gave you guys some good content to laugh, to be interested. Hopefully you guys learned something. Hit us up. If you guys want to be a part of our, uh, our show, let us know and we will have you guys on here. And if you guys need help with anything, we will help you guys out. Uh, we will shout you guys out. Thank you guys for listening and make sure you guys tune in for Pablo's Easy Money. And... We'll see you on Friday. Sure.